For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Monsters podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Chris Krogman, Joe Gaither, and Luke Berry. Discussing all topics, Chicago Bears. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I am one of three, the three amigos over here, minus one. Uh, Chris Krogman at Shy Bears1985, joined by Lucas Barry L underscore Barry 40 or L Barry 40 scores of unders. And f- There's some L's and some unders and some Barry's. You know <laughs> my guy, Luke. L Barry you know 40 guy. score years ago. <laughs> That's right. You know my guy. You follow him. You love his tweets. He is probably the. Uh, the one that gets the most Twitter love on this podcast. Our boy Joe Gaither uh, at Joe Gaither 6 is off covering some massive Tallahassee, not Tallahassee, Tallahassee, Tuscaloosa, wherever they're at. Alabama news down there in Alabama. Uh, but we are Believe in Monsters at BIM underscore pod. We are on the Believe Network. That's B-L-E-A-V at Believe Network hosted by myself and Lucas tonight. So, first and foremost, season's over. Ends kind of shitty, uh, but not unexpected, to be honest. Let's be fair. Uh, Lucas, what was your final score? I can't recall. I think you had – did you have us winning or no? I had us winning, yep. I, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what my record was this year, but it wasn't good. That is for sure. Um. I had the Bears actually scoring multiple touchdowns too, which didn't happen at all. No. Uh, we got our ass kicked again to Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, look, man, Malafleur is a good coach. All the fucking Green Bay fans earlier this year that wanted to fire that dude cracked me up. It, it it could be for the same reasons kind of that a lot of Bears fans wanted Flus fired was Joe Barry, right? Everybody in in Green Bay hates Joe Barry, but uh, he seemed that seemed to be a fine game for the Packers defense. As uh, Bears offense led by the most dynamic quarterback in all the land, or I should say, the best running back with an arm in all the land, uh, could not get into the end zone. So Joe Barry's defense looked fine. Um, 
Yeah, they couldn't get it going. I had us losing, I think, 24-21 or 28-24, something along those lines. I think it was 24-21. But anyway, uh, yeah, we couldn't get in the end zone. And Cairo Santos is a very good kicker. So that's, uh, I guess that's a blessing. Man. Yeah, if, if there's one thing you want to take away from this, I guess it's that Santos played well. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you make overall of the offense? Obviously couldn't do anything. You know, the play design was horrible. Uh, the QB play wasn't great. The offensive line probably had its worst game of the season. It's It was a typical Packers loss on offense. Just everything looked disjointed for a team who had so much momentum and the offensive line who had so much momentum. It was just a typical Packers game, though. I mean, Tevin Jenkins probably had one of the worst games of his career. It was just – it was horrible. It was ugly from start to finish. Um, you know, I thought the defense was – resilient but they didn't really play that great either chris how, how do you make of the defensive performance versus green bay i think they left a lot of po uh, points on the field i mean they did joe and joe said the same but that's i mean it happens now i get you it could, you could look at it both ways you could look at it like oh green bay could have scored 28 or 30 or they didn't and they didn't you know i mean tyreek stevenson had a great play at the end of the half to to knock the dude backwards and keep the clock moving. And that was, that was honestly poor clock management by the Packers. Um, you know, there are several other things that could have gone well for the Packers that didn't um, whether or not you want to say it was just bad luck for the pack and not good luck for the and good luck for the bears or whatever. They still didn't score. They still only scored 17 points. Love did put up a hell of a lot of numbers uh, yardage wise. They had a ton of just, Long passes, long runs after the catch. Tackling looked like shit. Aaron Jones ran all over us again. I feel like it's just like, I don't know, man. It's like maybe like going into like a big exam or something for school and you're just hella nervous and you just suck. Even if you know the material and you know what you're going to do, you just have performance anxiety and they just suck against the Packers. I They can't, they cannot, that can't continue to happen though. So that's going to be one of the biggest things that Flus has to get over the hump is getting these guys to learn how to win. We've talked about it last year. You know, they have to, and the beginning of this year, they have to learn how to win. They have to learn how to close games out, step on people's necks. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get going into deeper into the podcast. But as far as for this game, you know, I mean, I don't know. Again, man, there's some positives, dude. There's some there's some growing growth to this team. So there's a lot. I mean, the Packers are the youngest team to make the playoffs. Um, it could be, you know, there could be a lot said to love sitting for three years, especially with, you know, the same system being coached by LaFleur. Um, but Bears are also very young. Yeah, this defense is very young, so I think there's a lot of things to be optimistic about moving forward. What do you think of the – I mean, the offensive performance was just putrid. Luke Getzey might be a double agent. Dude, I – yeah, I don't know. Everything – it just sucks. I mean, it, it's like it's the most typical Bears way to to end a good thing, end a good season, end a good run. 
uh, you know, leaving that taste in your mouth kind of just the way we began is the way we end. Like it wasn't as bad as week one, but it was pretty freaking bad considering, you know, the uh, the growth that the team went through the second half of the season. And to end on that note is just like, come on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, it leaves a lot of – I mean, you're right. There is a lot of growth, but it, it, I still feel like it does leave, like, you know, a lot of questions in the offseason about, you know, how, how this team can handle adversity and, and, you know, kind of step up their game to be in these bigger moments. What was the what was the over-under on wins for the Bears at the beginning of the year? Was it six and a half? I think it was seven and a half. It might have started at six and a half, but I'm pretty – Pretty sure I always saw it at seven and a half. Okay. For most of the year. Um, they finished at seven and ten, right? Yep. So they finished right under right under that. Seven and a half. Yeah. Um, Still, I guess I mean, the good news is they have another last place schedule next year. So man. Neat. Neat. Oh. They go to London too. That was another announcement this week. Yeah, Which, today. That didn't, that didn't go so well last time. Well, it sucks, too. That's that's one of our home games. and Well, we have nine, though. So, Yeah, I guess, but it still kind of sucks. And then what might suck even more is, like, if you play the Jags and you're the home team, it's basically a home game for them. So, like, F you. But I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Bears fans should travel fairly well. And I think, at least from my experience on Twitter, there's a ton of international Bears fans. So, uh, Bears always should, travel well. I, I shouldn't sell our fan base short because I think we have a nice international representation. So uh, it'll be cool though. I, I like I like the overseas games. You know, watching football at nine a.m. It's not great for the players. Nine for you, it's like it's what That's six. It's it's seven. Seven thirty, yeah, I think. Seven seven thirty. Yeah. No, it's all. It is awesome. It's literally all day football. So right. Yeah, you might have to set an alarm though. Now you're up early. Yeah, there's no alarms needed. No, the kids, the kids are up. But, um, Dad, the Bears are playing in London. Wake up! Get your tea and crumpets, Dad. <laughs> it's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up doing a Bluey accent because we watch too much Bluey. It's Australian, so. Um, I don't know, man. The the Bears Packers rivalry is not. It makes me sick that they're it's the not a rivalry anymore. Play out well, it, like moving forward, it doesn't look good either. I mean, they apparently have found another quarterback, and they have the youngest team in the playoffs, and they have a good coach. Um, Man, Lafleur is a great coach. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. It makes me want to die. Um, yeah, like in and I, you know, every time something the good things start to happen. We all forget who owns this team and how, and I don't mean Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love or Matt LaFleur as much as Packer fans want to say that the McCaskies suck as owners. And until they are no longer owners of the bears, if there ever comes that day, I just don't have any hope for this team. So that is what has kept me honestly like grounded and not as hyped up as some Bears fans yet. Um, and, yeah, a lot of the the talk on Bears Twitter this week is how, how negative Bears fandom is. And, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be. 
But honestly, at the end of the day, this is just a football team. If you live and die by the Chicago Bears, then you don't work for the team or you don't cover the team or whatever. Don't. Don't, man. Don't let the McCaskies ruin your whole life, dude. That's my only advice as an old man here. Um, Because, yeah, no matter what we do, it just seems to get fucked. So, but yeah, anything else you want to say about the, the week? I'm talking about the Packers. 97 game, week 18 game, whatever the fuck we're talking about. Um, all right. So after the after Sunday, uh, you know, Black Monday came and went. Everybody and their mother wanted Flus fired. Uh, backtrack a little bit. You know, the previous few weeks, um, I could be wrong, but I feel like I was the first one to kind of say, as long as he doubles wins, Flus will be back. And I wavered, of course, because um, because of the Packer loss. And I thought, you know, potentially that could get him fired, but not with his, like, I, 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 I get that they, they didn't lose by that much. You know, they still only lost by a touchdown at the end of the day. You know, they score, they find a way to score at the end of the game and it could be a tie game. You know, we could, we could have gone into, I mean, you imagine that if they actually did, but yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Anyway, we won't play hypotheticals. So, uh, Flus doesn't get fired Monday, uh, Tuesday, no news, Tuesday, no news. And then Wednesday press conference, uh, Wednesday morning, Luke gets Fired yep. first. There's fire the entire offensive staff except for OC or OC O line coach Chris Morgan and tight end coach Jim Day or John Daly. I, I don't know his name. So, um, so yeah, those two guys will be retained. Um, so I guess let's start with. Flus. How do you feel about going into 2024 with Flus? Actually, how do you feel about the last two years, Lucas? Not great. I feel like the Bears were outcoached a lot. You know, I know the uh, locker room aspect of it is obviously huge, and I do think he's done a tremendous job of kind of uniting the locker room, getting the guys to – like playing for him. It seems like a lot of the players like the way he runs things because he allows them to speak their mind and takes their advice and that kind of thing. But uh, as for actual coaching, I feel like he's been out coached a lot, um, especially versus better teams and better coaches. It's it's obvious to me. Um, and then obviously the, uh, the staff he put together was very disappointing. I mean, I don't know. A lot of – what the Bears are trying to do now, we're starting to see some of their offensive coordinator candidates. And maybe just the poll wasn't large before, but it makes me wonder why didn't they try and hire a more experienced offensive coordinator the first time instead of going with this random Luke Getze guy. So in the press conference, they said that uh... – they went with Getze because Flu said that was the hardest offense to defend, was the style that Getze was going to run. Right. But he's still dipping into that pool with a lot of these candidates now. So I guess my question is, as a defensive-minded coach, you feel like you would want a very strong 
offensive foundation. But right. instead, they're going with an inexperienced coach who never called plays before. Now, two years later, I mean, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but like, it fell flat on its face. And honestly, who know? Like, Luke Getze's performance honestly could have gotten Fluce fired in all of this, just because the like to Poles's point in the presser, the offense was so bad in some gotta have it situations where they couldn't close games that it was just like you shouldn't even need the defense to close this game because your offense should be able to, to do something in, in some of these second halves. So it's like, it's almost a catch 22 that Flutes' offensive coordinator could have potentially also gotten him fired this year. Yeah. For some it, of those losses, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to like the, what I had been talking about, like is Flutes affecting the conservative play calling and maybe not. I mean, it sounds like, um, I mean, Flus during the press conference said something about, you know, wanting somebody that's going to be aggressive and go for the throat more or less. So that definitely wasn't Getty. I mean, we weren't calling explosive plays. And it's so it's such a weird thing because nobody from like the Shanahan tree or whatever gives any fucks about running the score up or like molly whopping somebody. So I don't. I don't know. That's it's weird. It's it's weird. But it, it, regardless, uh, you know, kind of back to flus. So, all right. I feel like this the is last... kind of what we all thought would happen too. I feel like deep down inside, a lot of us knew this would happen, but like a lot of people kind of held on to the hope of us hiring some pie in the sky coach. I mean, outside of Harbaugh, I don't see. And even then, I think it becomes an issue. You know, we, we we it's been we've talked about the problems before with him wanting too much control, becoming rubbing leadership the wrong way, being too big for George McCaskey, more or less. I just never thought that. Jim Harbaugh was a real option. It would have been fun and it was fun to talk about, but I just think he's too big of a, too big of an icon or whatever you want to call it. And kind of opposite of Flust, right? He has good coaching, good uh, game management, things like that, but rubs people the wrong way. Isn't really good for players after a few seasons. And it sounds like that's not the culture that they want to build, which I don't really have a problem with the, the culture that they're trying to build. I actually really like the culture that they're trying to build. Looking back at two years, you know, when they hired Flus, you know, hits and all that is, is you know, an acronym or whatever. But the, the, the philosophy behind it, the, the culture that they're trying to put together with it, and people who love playing football, I mean – it's obvious that they are getting the guys that they want. And I'm curious, like, okay, so his first year, we talked about how they were very disciplined, um, didn't have a lot of penalties, but they probably were a little bit more of a veteran team that the, the calluses hasn't been completely scraped. This year they did have a lot more young, younger younger players you know second year guys first year guys so they were a lot more penalized 
so we can get through that. I feel like, and I, you know, I feel like he's a, a good leader of men. My question for you, Lucas, is, you know, for the bad coaching decisions or the way we got out coached, just from the flu sense, not from the Getzy sense, because obviously he's gone and it doesn't really matter. Do you think that uh, Flus can get better as a head coach with experience in that role? And do you think him having to call plays had anything to do with not being able to be a good general as a, in, in terms of like a like a cat like a like a soldier general or like a army general? The fuck, am I trying to say? Not like a like a general manager or a general person, but like. Um, yeah, you get the point. Well, I'm going to start at the second point just because I think it's easier to answer. Um, no, because I think the team overall played better when he started calling defensive plays. So whether that's just because of the, what plays he was calling or maybe he was more into the game, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think more so just because he's able to implement the ideas he wanted his other coaches to do previously. But now that he had reins of that, you know, we got to see that like on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, to be honest with you, it is tough to be, you know, to have to be a specialist on offense or defense just because, you know, you're either running your, you know, your whole offense or defense yourself or you're delegating that to other people. And when he did delegate it to other people, it seemed like they weren't, uh, you know, fulfilling his vision exactly how he wanted it. And then obviously when he took over the, the defense took off after Williams got fired. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think it made him any less good or bad him calling plays as a head coach, especially because a lot of the game management stuff comes on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like, you know, when to use timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. Your first question is, 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 tough to answer i feel like because i mean yes you would hope he gets better with experience because if he doesn't then you probably have bigger issues on your hands um i guess my counter question is kind of what i asked before how much easier does his job get if the offense holds more of its weight and you know they can get consistent play out of a quarterback and play scheming and play designing aspect of the game. To me, I yeah, think that's, I, that's, that's my kind of million dollar question. And I've told you and Joe before, like, I don't love flus coming back, but I feel like it could be saved if they hire the right OC. I just don't have confidence that they'll do it because they haven't proven to me that they ever can do anything right. So, so, so here's my, here, here's another thing I wanted to talk about. And I, I texted you about this this morning. Like, I just don't know how things are supposed to line up different, you know, so flu signed a four year contract. So everybody's talking about next year, he'll be a lame duck coach, right? Cause he'll only have one year left after next year. So he's got two years now. They completely blew up the roster last year, Right. And so what's he supposed to do? He built a good culture. He kept the guys pretty disciplined. They were in, they were in a lot of games last year. We talked about how many games that they were close. They how we talked about how tough they played the Eagles last year. 
You know, we talked about like the fun games against the Vikings. So what's he supposed to do? And then this year, they double wins from the year before, plus one. And, you know, without some fucking all absolute shit show collapses, they're in the playoffs. So then, like, all this to say, like, I don't know why we don't, like, what are we supposed to do? Fucking fire somebody every two years? Just, like, especially after blowing up an entire roster and then them coming back and think about, like, they talked about the adversity at those words, uh, adversity that they went through throughout the season. But a lot of it was self-inflicted. That's fine. He still dealt with it. Like, just because you, just because you, if you bring it upon yourself, then just because you fuck some shit up, doesn't mean like fixing it. Isn't a, isn't good. You can make it worse. They could have gone completely. He could have completely lost the locker room after Allen Williams, after, you know, all the shit that they went through with, with the coaching shit shows. Um, after all of the losing, they could have completely just tanked. And and then, yes, he would have gotten absolutely deserved to get fired. I understand that, you know, he hired, he probably hired the wrong people, but again, he's in the first, he's in the first time seat. We don't know what he had control of because we don't still, I, we still might be suspicious that polls had full control. So I mean, again, we're going to go all the way back to the McCaskies, but so I'm like, I'm not, my, put, I guess my big thing with this situation is more so I don't think Matt Eberflus deserves to be fired. And I agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, in any normal circumstance, I would say, okay, this guy deserves a third year, but the fact they have the number one pick this year and the fact that they're most likely going to take a quarterback that alone should, I don't know. That alone to me is just like, Sorry, Matt Eberflus, thank you for your service. This is the NFL. We need to get some guy to develop this quarterback. Then you have like, to fire I think I don't agree with that because how did he – getting the number one pick is a pure lo- – like you shouldn't settle for good when you can shoot for great. And you know great is out there with this number one pick, this highly touted quarterback that you have a chance to draft that you've never in your wildest dreams thought. You Like without that pick, it's like all fine and good, but – I just right. don't – I think that alone is what makes Matt Eberflus dispensable. But my, what I'm saying is if you don't like Eberflus and you don't like everything downwind of Eberflus, you have to blame Ryan because he hired but, – But like Flus. I said, it's not even about not liking Eberflus. It's just about not having faith that he's going to develop a young quarterback. But that's putting so much on a defensive coach, dude. Like you either – like you either have a, a defensive coordinator that becomes a head coach that is a leader and a general manager type person that can be involved with the quarterback uh, development. Caveat being that they hire the right offensive coordinator. The problem is like this is the Lovey Lovey Smith conundrum is you can never get the OC right. But or Chris, you ha- or you have an offensive court or, or you have an offensive minded head coach like it, I, I just I don't know so so I'm not putting up for Flus. I'm not like saying like he's my guy right. or anything like that I'm just playing devil's advocate here right and- but 
But to go back to what we just said, this actually ironically all ties together because when I said they should fire Eberflus, you said, well, then you have to fire Poles. But to what back to what you said right before that, we just said, and I said the the storm was self-inflicted. Well, much like Poles' storm is self-inflicted on himself for hiring Eberflus, you can still make shit better before it gets worse. So that's kind of my, like, I don't but know. Poles, but Poles did that. Poles well, exactly. The- just... Just like, trade. just like Eberflus fucked up all those games they blew and hired all the wrong coaches. And they talked about how he weathered this. Like, same thing. You could say the GM could weather the storm right here. I, my then, whole point about well, this. We have to see how he hires the next group of guys. It, it, I mean, at this point, it, it's not going to happen. But I guess my overall point is Matt Eberflus doesn't deserve to be fired as much as it, it's a business. You have to do what's best for your business. And just getting that number one pick is so tremendous this year specifically that you want to have everything in place for it. Now, this doesn't mean that the number one pick can't be successful, but it, it definitely increases your risk of it blowing up in your face. Um, okay. I mean, we can, we can go around and around on that all day. Um, but at this point, like you said, there's nothing. There's nothing to be done. Flus there's nothing back. to be done. But um, I mean, this is literally the same thing we've saw with Fox and Trubisky, with Nagy and Fields. I mean, at this point, you can't go back on it. But this is now the third time in a row you're you're putting a coach in a vulnerable position with potentially a highly drafted quarterback, and that's where my issue is. So. I don't know. They they just they have to get this offensive coordinator right. I've never really thought the fate of a franchise would rely on an offensive coordinator, but here we are. The fate of a franchise. Like they're not going to be around for the next hundred fucking years anyway. Um all right, whatever. No big deal. Um it is what it is. These guys these guys are back. Um Joe Gaither's here. Joe Gator in the house. How are you, Joseph? Hey guys. Uh, we are. We're still kind of. We're still kind of getting getting worked into this. We're only halfway through, and we got a lot of shit to talk about still. Uh, but our main topic right now is Iberflus uh, is back. Gets he fired? What's your What's your take, friend? Why Why is he back? What in the world? What did he do to, to earn earn his way back? I, 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 I'm picking up in the last, like, 30 seconds since I jumped in, and I'm almost home. I'm sorry for the extra noise. Uh, I'm picking up that maybe Krogman's fine with it and Lucas is not. Krogman, well, what, what the hell, man? What, what's uh, what's Matty Rufus doing back in the building? Uh, like I told all of you the entire year, he doubles wins. He's going to be back. And it's year two of a – rebuild where they completely fucking destroyed the roster and what are we going to do keep fucking hiring a new coach every two years uh I'm, I'm i'm at least in the camp of let's let's not bring the guy back who had historic three historic fourth quarter collapses and um i'm sorry but you look like absolute dog water against the green bay packers not once but twice in the in the season yeah okay i'll give you week one i'll give you week one just because i'm a nice guy you can get a pass but week 18 you get you get basically 
you know, the Packers should have beat us by, by, by four scores last Sunday. Uh, Did they, though? Did they? Let me ask, what was the final? Uh, what was the final? Was it, was, it, was, it, was it Bears only scored like nine points, right? The I'm Packers gonna... scored a, a whopping 17. You know, just, just dog walked us. Uh, pretty much. It felt like it to me. Uh, feelings, like- feelings, feelings don't score points, Joe. Hey, uh, well, how many punts did uh, did Matty Rafus's defense force? One, 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 one. The entire game against uh, first-year starting quarterback Jordan Love with how many? Uh, with with what skill position, guys? Did he have any Pro Bowlers on the outside? Any Pro Bowlers in the backfield? Any Pro Bowlers on the offensive line? No, that mediocre ass offense didn't only punted one time. Punted at the end of the game, they missed the field. And they fucked up their own chance at the end of the half. It should have been way worse. Yeah, a field goal <laughs> worse. Hey, but Jordan Love might be a Pro Bowler, sadly. Okay, sure. And Jordan Love's a high school player. Uh, the, Bear, the Bears gave up seven point two yards per play. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have you're gonna have Matt Eberflus. No, hey, they didn't have Jay, they didn't have Jalen Johnson though. Uh, and why is it? Why do we not play Jalen Johnson? Because we're afraid of getting him hurt in the last week of the year. Like, how the fuck should I know? No, this organization. You know, we've done this dance on the on the Believe in Monsters podcast on what is Kevin Warren responsible for, and we've gone back and forth. X and you know, it, how much football decisions does he really have? Uh, Kevin Warren is here to build a stadium and to make money. That's all this is. He don't. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if if this team ever makes the playoffs. In my opinion, as because long as the one, oh my built, god, oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm 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 really back to. Uh, you remember where we were the episode before week one, where we're all freaking out about life is over and the Bears suck. That's where I'm at. Before week one. Uh, yeah, Luke and I were really like getting nervous about the Packers week that week, uh, and how you know offseason training camp didn't really go very well. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna it's gonna be hey, go potty. <laughs> Sorry, getting the dog getting getting back in the house, but like, no, I'm I'm not encouraged whatsoever by this by by keeping Matt Eberflus and firing Luke Getzey. I mean, where have y'all gone on, oh, we're going to get a new offensive coordinator and we're going to make Justin Fields learn his third offense in, fourth, in four years? Or, better yet, we're actually going to trade down from one and we're going to get a rookie to come compete with Ju- Justin Fields. And, no, we're not going to get Caleb Williams. We're going to trade down and it's going to be like Bo fucking Knicks to compete with, 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 with our guy Justin Fields. And we're going to say, look, we're, you know, getting competition on the field. Oh. We haven't gotten there yet, but um, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how, I don't know how you drew those class conclusions. Shit you can ever do. Where Where did you draw that conclusion from, dude? The press conference where draw they blow, where they blow more smoke than fucking Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just don't have, have any confidence in in what we're about to do. Well. It seems like the McCaffeys have Ryan Pohl's hands tied. Is uh, like, oh, do you want to fire? You want to fire Eberflus or not? Oh, you can. Uh, and so it's like, well, good luck with the number one pick. You're going to trade down, probably. Right, so Harvin Harrison. So, so I do have to ask about this because I honestly, genuinely don't know. I, I do. I thought it was a little bit off-putting slash weird when they mentioned that McCaskey was sitting in on the meeting whether to fire Eberflus. Is that I didn't like say that. that's not what he said? They said 
he said he made the decision and him, Kevin Warren and McCaskey were all on the same page. Yeah, the same page, not the same long. meeting. They he meant he mentioned something about this being in the same meeting or something like that. And I was just like, I, I feel like McCaskey should have no part in that. It's just McCaskey's part in all this is open up your wallet, old man. That's about it. He should have no personnel decisions at all. Well, that's not this team, so I know it's not, but that's why we keep doing the same shit. I'm swapping Peter fellows. Yep. To Joe's point, uh, I I don't know. I I watched the whole presser. I feel like Kevin Warren talks a big talk, but I don't know. I didn't watch any Kevin. I didn't watch any Kevin Warren. I I only got a chance to watch the polls and Eberflus. The one thing I'll say about both Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles is that they're both relatable and they're both very very well spoken. But Ryan Poles is so even keel. Like he he just right. keeps the same demeanor no matter what. Yeah. Now Kevin Warren is a very similar but to uh I guess to Joe's point, I don't know a lot of people are are very high on Kevin Warren and to me it's just it, it's all big talk until something I comes mean it's it. all dude it's just because they didn't go the way you wanted to. Like if he would have gotten fired, y'all have been well, like Kevin Warren's the Jesus. Like, well, sure, but right now it didn't go the way you wanted to. All right, well, let me ask you this, Chris. Let me ask you. you you're well, keeping he- Eberflus. Fine, you're keeping Eberflus. What the fuck is going through your mind? You're keeping Eberflus when you could have Mike Vrabel. You could t- get Bill Belichick. You like there are coaches out there that have legit. You can go check and see if Jim Harbaugh is interested. The Chargers sure are. Like where we've disagreed on Harbaugh before, but like there are markedly like objectively better head coaches available right now than Matt Eberflus, and we want to keep giving him some progress because oh you you went from two wins to six you went to, from three wins to six good job buddy against the shittiest schedule in the NFL. Like, I'm sorry, we got to play the Falcons and the Cardinals. Like, great. The Vikings twice. We got to end up with the Panthers, too. Awesome. He can beat all the shit teams, but as soon as you play anybody that's halfway decent, halfway decent, the the, the, the team looks like dog shit. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to buy anything that Matt Rufus does over the next six. six. For, for passing over on Bill fucking Belichick? I'm okay, sorry. let me ask you. Okay, what's Belichick's record since Brady's been gone? Not that dog, great. Dog Still shit. Better. Dog shit. No, and Bill, Belichick wasn't available when they made this decision. In fact, he's even Bill right Bell, now he's he available is. right now. And it okay, is not. So they even not allowed. They even allowed Belichick to have an end of the year press conference before firing him. You want to talk about a shitty run organization? That was terrible. It's not too late to fire him and go get Mike and, Vrabel. And, and tell me all about Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, without a quarterback, has kept the Titans basically irrelevant his entire career. He got Ryan Bleep and Tannehill to the AFC title game. Ryan Tannehill is ass. He took them to the AFC title game, and he was up on the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium before they blew that game. Then why did the Titans let him go? They're not very smart. Okay, because they're because they were upset at, at how he acted at the Patriots ring ceremony or whatever. No, they they were seriously. It came out that they were butthurt that Vrabel was celebrating his uh, Hall of Fame induction with the Patriots. I, I have no idea. I don't follow. No, no, it's that 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 legit came out. Um, so 
the Titans are another very pissly poor run organization. Right. Why are we looking at the at the Titans for our model? Like, because you want Mike Vrabel, dude, and they hired him. The fuck. Of course, that's why we're looking at it. They they just got rid of him, man. But they didn't for like he was he's been there for what like six, eight, ten years. Oh no, like five. I don't. I really don't know, but I don't think it's five. Ryan Tannehill's been in the league longer than that. Mike Vrabel Uh, was head coach from. 2018 to 2013, so that is six years. 2018 to 2013. Or tw- yeah, 2018. He meant, he meant 23. He meant 20, 23. 2018. I said, I said six, eight, ten. I jumped a lot. There was there was a, a movement. I don't play. I, again, I don't pay attention. And, to other and as a head coach, as a head coach, he's 54 and 45. This past year, he went six and 11. When they were, oh, we don't have a quarterback. It's Ryan Tannehill. It's Malik Willis. It's uh, fucking Kentucky boy, uh, Will, Will Levis. Yeah, so he's had two two really good seasons and four mediocre seasons. Shoot, I'll take a nine and seven second in the division. Man, you can't talk about divisions when the division is ass, dude. Our division is ass. The Packers. No, it's not. The Packers aren't good. The Vikings aren't good. They're in the they're in the playoffs, and the and Detroit's in the playoffs, and the and the Vikings were in the playoffs last year. But the Packers are. Not, let's be honest, they're not a good team. That seven seed is not really a playoff team. Do you think the Bears were a playoff team in 2019 when they made the, the as a seven seed and got their ass kicked by the Saints down in the Superdome? The seven seed is a TV. So what do you think? Off. What do you think a nine? What do you think a nine and seven second in the division at AFC South is? You think that's even a seven seed when they made in the. And they made it? I doubt it. Uh, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game that I, year. I, I don't even – this isn't even an argument. Vrabel is clearly a better coach. I don't know why we're bickering. Like, we are keeping an objectively worse coach because he took the bar from below the floor to, oh, ankle high. Look, he doubled. It was dog shit. We, we only had $1, but now we have two. Are we rich? Are we a rich franchise with two dollars? No, we're still fucking broke. But it wow, you went you a hundred percent doubled your investment. You're not getting shit with two dollars. That's a wild analogy. Okay, help, help me then, because nothing that we have done this year. Look, we should let's be honest with ourselves, Chris. If you if you take those three fourth quarter collapses. And you flip them. Are the Chicago Bears a playoff team? Yes, they are. Are we talking about getting rid of Justin Fields? No, we're not. The biggest thing is coaching. The coaching disparity is absolutely it's it's marred this entire team. Is the talent bad? No, it's not bad. It's a it's a playoff team right now. What's uh what's what's Justin's fourth quarter look like historically? Not good. Dog shit. Yeah, dog dog shit. shit. Okay, so so Joe, you missed. Is that is that on Eberflus too? Uh, Part of it, a lot of it. Yes. Okay. Game four. How many games have we complained about? Well, they were just they were just hitting the gas, and they backed off the gas, and they let the team back in, and then when they tried to put the gas back on, that's where Justin Fields messed up. We've done that a bunch of times. We've had that conversation a ton of times. Man, if he's that soft that backing off the gas makes him fumble and throw interceptions, that's I don't want that. Get rid of him anyways. I'm, I'm I'm fine with getting rid of him. I, use the number one pick. Look, this past Sunday, it should have been fired, 
goodbye, Justin Fields, and fire, like everyone should be fired. And sorry, Justin, thanks for saying goodbye. Like he said goodbye to Chicago. That should be it. And that I don't was like- cool. That was cool that he was on the London promotion, though. Roquan was on last year's, or whenever that was. That's the hilarious. They, traded him. they probably filmed it like. Yeah, they six probably weeks filmed ago. it. Yeah. Hey, Bears, you're going to London. Do you know if you're going to keep uh, Justin Fields? I don't know. Just throw him out there anyway. So, Joe, uh, we get it. The Bears have done this before. You're upset. But they they kept Matt Eberflus, so uh, we can bitch and moan about it. But uh, like I said, I think now the fate of the franchise relies on their whoever they hire to coach the offense <laughs> slash a new quarterback potentially. Excuse me. All right. Um, moving on to moving on to OC candidates. Before we get talking about the uh, actual interviews that we have, I wanted to – I read a, a, an athletic article. Adam Johns threw 14 freaking names out there. Uh, so we'll do rapid fire. Give me a quick yes, no on these names, and then we'll get into the two candidates that are scheduled. So – the problem with this is whether or not you keep fields or not. So let's assume we're not keeping fields, right? We'll just assume we're not, right? Agreed? Mm-hmm. Everybody got the rules? All right. Greg Roman. Mm. No. No, if you're not keeping fields, no. Frank Reich. No. Eric Bieniemy. Yes. Okay. Thomas Brown, jo- Panthers offensive jo- coordinator. Joe-, Joe said no, no, yes. I'm saying no for this guy. I don't know too much about him, but. No, no, no. He said no, no, yes to be enemy. Yeah, yes to be enemy. No to Frank Reich. No to Greg. No to Greg right. Yeah, I think I think you're both on the same page. Uh, Thomas yep. Brown is the OC for the Panthers. I have no fucking clue why he's even on this list. Uh, he's. I know he's pretty popular in coaching circles, but he's, I'm going to say no. He's part of the Shanahan McVay tree. He was in the Rams. He was the Rams assistant head coach in 21-22. Joe says he doesn't want anyone from the Panthers. Yeah, no sense. way. Uh, I am. I am with you guys so far. Uh, Frank Reich's the only one that's semi interesting in the first four. Uh, Jim Caldwell. That's a hell no for me. Don't know why he's on this list. Oh, I'll say maybe. Wow. Okay. Kellen Moore. Yes. Yes. Yes, for me too. Uh, Daryl Bevel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Marcus Brady, Eagles senior offensive assistant. No, no, I don't know enough about him. I read it, but I, I want a play caller, not uh, a belly itcher. Do, 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 do. I want a play caller, not an assistant offensive assistant or whatever he you was. Said. He was the OC in 22 for the Colts before uh, everybody got fired and Jeff Saturday came in. Nope. Uh, I'm just saying he's been a play caller. Uh, Brian Callahan, Bengals OC. Yes, but he's yes. getting he he has five head coaching interviews already. I, I don't think he's going to be. He uh, he also he also does not call plays. So yeah, just a head interesting. Coach. He he does have a. I think he has. He either has four or five head coaching interviews already scheduled though. That's fucking wild. Uh, Clint Kubiak. Yes. That's Gary's son. Yes. Yeah. yeah, give me that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bears have an interview scheduled. That is one of the scheduled interviews. Um, we'll talk more about that. Uh, Mike LaFleur. Yes. 
I don't know who that is. Sorry. He's the Rams offensive coordinator, little brother of Matt. Did he coach oh, for the sure, Jets yeah. too? Or is there another LaFleur that was on the no, Jets? No, that's that's the Jets guy. LaFleur. Okay. Yeah. I, I do like Mike LaFleur. I'm a no for that because I don't want anything to do with anything up north because that already didn't go well. You're either going to have the little brother syndrome where he's going to want to beat up big brother and it's not going to go well, or he's going to be another double agent and just give everything away. I'm joking. Uh, Zach Robinson, Rams passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Eh, no. Yeah, long shot for me. Frank Smith, he actually was here in yes. Chicago for a, smid for a smidgen. He's yep. the Dolphins OC. Yeah, we got rid of him when uh, I think he was here with John Fox, right? He was a tight end coach under Foxy. Yep. Yeah. And then Cliff Kingsbury is the last one on Johnsy's list. I think this was pre Carroll, most likely. That's why the other one that we're going to talk about isn't on here. Kingsbury. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, for me. I, as long as you as draft, as long as they're drafting Caleb. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I think we're all pretty much on the same page with um, all of these OC candidates. Joe, I don't know much about either of these. Do you? Any most of these guys? I don't know enough about them. Why didn't um, I didn't hear Bobby Slowick come to your brain? Probably he because he's getting too many head coaching oh, candidates. Yeah. candidates. So, another good quality coach that we're passing over. All right, we're, we're past that part of the program. Just because you were late doesn't mean you get the bitch for an extra hour, bro. We got give, me Eric, give me Eric Bieniemy. We got places to be and people to get pissed off outside of Chicago. Um, give me so Eric, Eric, Eric Bieniemy is your choice out of these fourteen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I wouldn't hate that. I'm. I asked Lucas this earlier. Do you think Bieniemy gets head coaching considerations, Joe? Um. The commanders still haven't gotten rid of Ron Rivera, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. Oh, so, so, yeah, I think he's going to get considerations right there. Okay. I think he'll uh, get considerations right there. Yeah. My other thing I said to Lucas, and Lucas said he's thought about this as well, and I, I don't know why I never thought about this, but um, Ryan Poles worked with Biennemi in Kansas City but decided not to interview him for Iberflus' job originally. Does that make you think that the enemy has any chance here in Chicago if Poles didn't even want him then? Uh, it's probably a bad sign. Yeah, doesn't look good, John. Um, okay, so um, of these guys, um, Clint Kubiak is my dude. Yes, I love Bears just requested interview tonight. I love the cute. I love the Kubiaks. I love the Shan the original Shanahan tree. I love the outside zone. They make running backs look like gods. Uh, and they have built a great passing attack off of that outside zone. You guys know how much I love the outside zone. And I think we are very well built to run it. And we already have Chris Morgan, who knows it very well as well. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. Most of these guys, in fact, most of the NFL runs this system now. So um, the the funny thing that like in Adam Hogue brought it up that, you know, Getsy is part of this tree essentially, but he runs it more like a Mike McCarthy style um, than he does like, like with the outside zone and stuff like that. So I thought that the, that we didn't really run as much outside zone as we all thought. Fuck no, we didn't. We're running it. We didn't run it at all. But yeah. um, 
So the guy that isn't on this list and the first guy that we'll talk about since we have OC interviews scheduled is Mr. Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but he has been told he can look for a job elsewhere because Pete Carroll got fired. I'm sure he's a better coach than uh, Iberflus as well that Joe wants to hire. But he'll probably go back to USC and Lincoln Riley will be back in Oklahoma and it'll just be a weird fucking cycle. Uh, joking. So uh, Shane Waldron, I'm told, moves the pocket more than anybody on the planet. Um, he's also essentially from this same fucking tree. Yeah, he worked for uh, McVay, right, in the Super Bowl team. I think he was like the pass game coordinator or something. Titans coach, yeah. coach for McVay in 2017. In 2018, he was passing game coordinator for Lefleur and the Titans. And then he was back to offensive line coach. Walter promoted a quarterback's coach after Zach Taylor uh, went to the Bengals. So he went back to the to the Rams. Yep. And then he had three years of OC in Seattle, and he helped revive Geno Smith's career. He actually made Drew Locke look decent when he had to play, too. Uh, no, I, I, I like Shane Waldron a lot, actually. I think he was, believe it or not, he was a, a lot atop a lot of Bears fans' wish list, and I just thought a lot of us didn't think it would happen. But obviously with Pete Carroll getting let go, um, he became available. And it seems like the Bears kind of pounced on that immediately. I think, I mean, they scheduled the interview within hours of that firing. So Yep. Same day as the presser, I think. Joe, one thing you did miss is we talked about Flus hiring Getzey and why he did that as opposed to any of the guys he's talking to now, which he seems to have ties to, or he had ties to Kellen Moore. You know, why didn't he hire him? Um, so I thought that was an interesting, an interesting take by by Lucas. Um uh, yeah, so um, Shane Waldron seems interesting. I think, um, you know, like he, he made Geno Smith look good, and Geno Smith was god-awful in New York. Uh, right. So I, I, one of the things that they talked about in the press conference was the uh, coordinator hirings were almost going to be a joint effort with Poles and Eberflus, um, which I thought was interesting. And that the, you know, obviously the biggest faux pas conundrum shit show of the press conference was what polls meant by the four quarterback styles comment, which I did not, wasn't confusing at all at the time. And, but uh, lots of other people have gotten, think that it could be alluding to certain guys in the draft plus fields and, Whatever I think it just meant for stylistic differences, uh, but how are the four styles of quarterback though? I don't know, man. Like I've Pop, never heard like that. like like a game manager, uh, running quarterback, um, pocket. Pack, I don't know, man. Like I'm just saying, like for these four types of quarterbacks, I thought that's how I took it, but like I don't think that there is exactly four. I just think pulls throughout a number, but maybe he maybe had a Freudian slip and he meant for fucking guys. I don't know. But she uh, Cronin asked him at the end of the press conference and he she said, are you saying that there's four guys in the first round? And he said, no, there's more than that. So 
I don't know what to make of that then. Yeah, but he also had no idea of the question. It, to me, it just seemed like he was playing dumb. I think, truthfully, I honestly think he slipped up. But it's not nothing we didn't know. There's three well, top quarter, yeah. there's three quarterbacks in this draft who are going top five, and your quarterback on your roster. It's not a far stretch to say, hey, what would you do for Jaden Daniels? What would you do for Drake May? What would you do for Caleb Williams? And what would you do for Justin Fields? I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but I've been, but I've been stretch. But I've been told Caleb Williams is just a bigger or a smaller version of Justin Fields, so that's the same person. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. And Jaden Daniels is a running quarterback too, right? So I mean, I I don't know. Hey, we're keeping Justin Fields, right? We do He doubled his win total. Ugh. We don't care if there might be better quarterbacks <laughs> out there. We don't care if there might be better coaches out there. He doubled his win total, guys. He's doing better. If if this was around the horn, uh, Chris would give you multiple down votes there, Joe. We're talking about Shane Waldron here. Oh well, I thought we were talking about quarterbacks. You just hit me with. You just said a bunch of quarterback names. Look, I don't think the, the OC. You're gonna have to pair the OC with the right quarterback. So well, okay, well, I, I guess my question for you in this is: are, are, are the Bears getting these guys? who might have better opportunities elsewhere because they're telling he's going to coach Justin Fields? Or no. do we really think it's like we have the number one pick, we're taking a quarterback, you can have your say in said quarterback, and this will be the guy that you staple your career to? There's I no mean, truthfully. Gonna, there's no way they're going to let the OC pick the quarterback. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I, I meant more so just like have your input heard and you know design an offense around this guy no i think i think like you said they're going to ask each with what each one of these guys that they interview for oc what would your plan be for these quarterbacks you're right and lay it out and they want the other thing that they were going to um that i was going to say is they they talked a lot about adaptability and people who can uh make a plan for different types of players and they were talking specifically about quarterback at the time. Whether or not he slipped up and said it, that's exactly what the fuck the gist of the conversation was, is can you make a plan for different types of players? But if you were an OC, I mean, on Luke's kind of a question, if you're an OC, why are you taking this job? Because you get the number one pick, or you get influence on the number one pick. All right, let's say you get influence on the number one pick, and you pick just for conversation's sake, Caleb Williams. It doesn't matter who you want to pick. Drake May, doesn't matter. You pick Caleb Williams. You now have one fucking year. Like, if Iberfus doesn't make the playoffs? Well, that's what we don't know, Joe. I mean, that's it's a very hypothetical, but to our – I mean, we didn't really talk about this earlier, but, I mean, we don't know. Like, they talk about continuity so much that it almost makes you feel like they are giving Eber – like, even if they won't say it, I – you got to think they brought him back this year. I, I don't think there's any chance in hell he's even on the hot seat if they draft a rookie quarterback. That That's my take on it, which is fine. If you're going to keep it continuity, keep it all the same. Totally fine. But it my large full circle point on this is that the offensive coordinator is going to determine a lot of the future of the Chicago Bears going forward. Because well, like you said, well, like you said, Joe, we're only three fourth quarter collapses, three Justin Fields collapses away from the playoffs, so – you know, maybe a new OC and a quarterback. I just don't understand that. Like, and, uh, somebody like, I don't think this is your typical lame duck situation. Not with the number one pick and a new quarterback. Right. 
I mean, this is anything they could have honestly hoped for. And if really. you're going into year three as a lame duck, then like in two years after like a complete rebuild in year one, you should have just given him a five-year contract then because that's this just seems fucking ridiculous. Just seems like we're stuck in a cycle. Oh. And I don't, dude, that's that's been the Bears forever, dude. So. Oh, yeah. And it's like everything over the last five, four or five months was, oh, we're about to have an exciting time as a Bears fan. Oh, everything's going to be, you know, a chance to change. And McCat, now let's keep the boring-ass white guy. Let's keep, you know, same old, same Right, right, because it's the white guy. That's the fucking problem, dude. No, I mean, like, dude, there has like, nothing to do with race for all our listeners there. It's just like. Well, then why say that? Say vanilla then, because that's what you mean. Yeah, he's just boring. He's just boring. He, he, yeah. I mean, let's keep talking about the shit's principles for another year. Man, it's going to be, man, man, I can't wait. Look, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll happily say I'm wrong, bro. You are the you are the roller coaster bear fan. Yeah, yeah, I absolute know. fucking roller coaster. It's it's great. I mean, it's it's the, it's the one place in my in my current life where I can be this way. Uh, uh, yep. The, the Justin. You should like you should like start like UFC training or something, Joe. Just just for fun. Just to get it out. Uh, just... like if you're like we talked about before you got on, dude, if you're letting the McCaskies ruin your life like this, like it should. Uh, I hate them. I hate you them. Should, you should go be a, an Alabama fan. And just win and just win national championships. I hate them. I hate them so much. Yeah. Well, Virginia, you ruined my life. Is. Well, then. Oh, Man, it's just like, told her, dude, just go hit her with your car, bro. I can't believe she's 101 years old. That's mind-boggling. I didn't know the devil let you do that. When you kill your brother and make a deal to take over your, your you know, take over your your daddy's franchise. So that's what I'm saying, though. Like, the devil, the devil rewards you. Yeah, I guess the earth, so, is the, the earth is the devil's playground. Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. Good candidate. I don't know. I don't know much more. Yeah, good candidate. I'm. I'm curious I, to see how quickly they pull the trigger on somebody. They said they wanted to get they're going to get quick. Um, the advanced analytics say he's pretty good. I mean, he's basically had the Seahawks right around top ten in EPA his three years calling plays, which is good to see. He calls a lot of screens, a decent amount of them. Still, Seahawks fans are upset about that, but I don't think I think every team hates their OC or DC. Yeah, some, Somebody called out that um, I think it was a Schottenheimer before Waldron and the Seahawks actually had a better EPA under him. Yeah, now he 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 does a lot with uh, to help Geno help the quarterback move the pocket. Um, you know, he runs the, slants. He does run slants. Although I I did see his middle of the field usage is like twentieth in the NFL. I think the Bears were like twenty eighth. So. Hey, that's a that's a third of a of a league improvement, bro. But uh, that's all that's all Joe wants. Just get better by like a third. If you have one dollar, now you have three. 
<laughs> well, you have a dollar thirty-three. All right, so back to back to Joe's analogy, real quick. Joe said, you "If you had one dollar and you double it, you have two. So if the Bears doubled eight wins, they'd have four dollars. You'd have fourteen wins equals four dollars. Still not a lot of money for that many wins." Yeah, yes, I, that's why I said it was a wild analogy. My, my point is basically that the doubled wins doesn't amount to anything. <laughs> It doesn't. It, it's not just, just that. It is not just that. Then that what is is another, I try, but you're you're unhelpable, dude. You're you're a roller coaster. There's no fucking patience at all. Zero. Okay, well, let's look at the schedule just real quick. This will be two seconds. You no, look at the schedule. No, no, which one no of these? Which point. one of these wins? Which one of these doubled wins is a quality win? Who did you beat? Oh, one Detroit Lions week fourteen. Wait, wait, what pick? What pick did they have last year? Their own pick. Detroit Lions week fourteen. There's your quality win. Outside of that, you should be smacking the Commanders. They're fucking ass. You should be beating the Raiders. We had the number one pick last year. They were terrible. You should be beating the Vikings. They're ass. They don't have a quarterback either. You should be beating the Cardinals. Total ass. And you should be beating the Falcons. Total ass. Like. We shouldn't be comparing our like. Uh, oh well, we doubled our win. Which one of those wins do you hang your hat and say, you know what? That's good football. We can play next year. The we, Lions. We, yeah, week fourteen. The uh, Lions. Browns. What we, no, you lost. You lost. That was good football. And you lost. Team. And you lost. You asked the question. All right, Joe. To be fair. I think you're being very unfair in this situation. I think if you looked at any very good team schedule, the 10 wins they get or 11 wins they get, I bet you seven or eight of them would be against horrible teams. There's not that many good teams in the league. It's not like, you know, there's quite a few teams in the league who just play in horrible divisions and win games. Like the Texans are fun this year. Sure. They, but back to your point in that horrible division, they're playing the Colts twice. They're playing the tight, like you play who's on your schedule. It is what it is. Right, and every quality team that the Bears played. I, I, I guess my, my, my point is if you looked at a lot of teams' schedules, you'd be like, oh, they didn't beat anyone. Like, you've lost. You blew a lead to the goddamn Broncos. Like, <laughs> they're terrible. So, yeah, I'm Pope looking at the Lions' schedule right now. They beat Kevin, the Chiefs Kevin by Warren one brought it up. Kevin Warren brought it up. They said the his time with the Rams, Ramil went five and eleven his first year, four and twelve in his second year, and thirteen and three in his third year. So if you'd have fired him after two years, which is essentially what we're doing here with with fucking Eberflus in your in your dream scenario, Joe, they ain't winning the Super Bowl in the next year. <laughs> They're not winning the Super Bowl next year, anyways. <laughs> who are, who is it? The Rams, the Bears. This is yeah. Look, Matt Eberflus will never win this division. I'll say that oh my he will never god. win. Oh this my division. god! Okay, man. Or what? Or what? Mark or what? Or what? Okay. Or what? Or what? Or what? Or what? Or what? What, what do you want it to be? I don't care. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want it to be? Luke, write a little note. We're pulling this clip. Matt Eberflus will never win the NFC North. What if he goes to, like, the Packers as the defensive coordinator? 
There's the loophole. And you're right. He will, you mark it down at 106. He will never win the NFC North as head coach as, as the Chicago Bears. All right. If he wins the North, we get his capable Williams jerseys. Sure. Chris and I. White right. and blue for both of you. I don't give a shit. He will never do it. Oh, man. What if he does it next year? That'd be so good. That's why I'm saying it, Chris. We're going to be pulling this clip a year from now. Because Caleb Williams wins 11 games the Bears' last place schedule. 12. I'm going to have a full wardrobe of Caleb Williams jerseys. White, blue, orange, I don't care. Vintage, it's not happening. We're getting all four jerseys. Joe's going to have to get eight jerseys. Stripes, it doesn't matter. Uh, Joe, how's your Mitch Trubisky jersey? It is clean in the back of my in the back of my closet. And that Justin Fields jersey? It's hanging right there next to it with my 39 Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I don't have any of those guys. You're smarter than I am. I know. That's fucking ass. I know. That's why I'm not melting down about this. All right, we need to get on to our next coach. Oh yeah. My guy. Clint Kubiak. What's his middle running, name? Running his oh, it's probably it's probably Kyle, dude, and he's got a KKK name. Clint Kyle Kubiak. No, uh, I have no idea what his middle name is, but uh, I love the Kubiaks. Gary yeah. came to uh, came to Denver and took Peyton Manning to the Super Bowl. Uh, he ran. He ran a. He was fun in in Houston as well. Uh, Arian Foster went bananas in that system. I think um, we have run, like I think uh, what's his name? Khalil Herbert w- is fantastic at outside zone, and I think Roshan would be very good in that system as well. Fucking even Do- Foreman was good in that system. I don't think Foreman's back. He was a one year deal, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. No, this is I, – I love – honestly, I love the name, the list of names the Bears are putting together for their OC. Um, I, I'm not trying to go full homer, but I do think this is a good list of candidates. Both guys so far are from that Shanahan style, which we expected when they kept Chris Morgan. Uh, both guys have play-calling experience. Uh, I think Kubiak's really interesting because I think there's a ton of untapped potential there just because he got the OC job in Minnesota – then they hired O'Connell, right? And he was fired. What happened? What happened with that again? He he was the Vikings OC, and then he got fired, and now he's back with uh, San Francisco. He's back with Shan- yeah, he's back with San Fran. But he kind of got he got a raw deal in in Minnesota. They didn't really give him like a fair chance. Yeah, I was reading that earlier, but now I can't remember. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, I like his daddy. His da- I like his dad's offensive approach. I don't know enough about him, but I know his dad. His his dad was, you know, right out of the Shanahan tree. Shanahan's right hand man. They can't even inter- they can't interview Daryl Bevel until the playoffs. Until they're out of the playoffs, right? Uh, I'm not sure because I'm not sure how it works with offensive coordinators. So Kubiak was hired by his father in 2016 with the Broncos, retained by Vance Joseph, who joined his father in Minnesota as the Vikings QB coach. Gary was the assistant head coach under Zimmer. Stefanski was the OC. Stefanski left. Kubiak became the OC. Gary became the OC in Minnesota in 2021. Father retired. Uh, and then Clint took over. Kirk Cousins had a 
4,200 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions for 103.1 passer rating. After a year on Hackett staff with the Broncos, Kubiak returned to the coaching tree as Shane has. Why did he – what happened with – oh, was – did um, did Zimmer get fired? Yeah, that's what it was. And that's then I think O'Connell came over and then he went back. Yeah. Okay. But like you said, Cousins had an amazing year that year. Yeah. Um, so so far, two two very good candidates for the Bears. Two guys I would trust the young quarterback with. I think. I mean, uh, Bevel Bevel's probably the best quarterback developer of these names that were listed out. He would be very high on my list, but he's worked with Brett Favre, Brad Johnson, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and Tua. That's yep. a pretty good list. Yeah, I, I remember him as OC. Wasn't the OC of the Lions for a, for a bit? Yes. I'm wasn't. pretty sure he wasn't great in that role, but uh, I do think he's been around. He, he's at least been around for a while and worked with a lot of quarterbacks, which is good. Um, I mean, Kubiak's yeah. 36, man. So is so is but, Mike LaFleur. So yeah, and Waldron's pretty young too. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how fast the Bears move on this, how many people they interview. I would be really shocked if they didn't interview Kellen Moore, but who knows? Um, what I find interesting is, you know, and I know it's it's vital here, and we don't know what's going to happen with, with play calling next year, but, like, who the defensive coordinator is going to be? Matt Eberflus. As it should that be. He is the head coach, Joe. I, yeah, I think He's going to call the defense. That's not it, what I said, as, though. As it should be. Then it doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator is because they're not calling the defense. Uh, I think that I mean I think they should just move Phil Snow there if that's if that's the move. He's the guy that was doing a lot of the prep and legwork, and the defense really took off when he came into the picture. So I allowed don't know why they would change that up too much. Allowed seven yards per play to Matt Lafleur and the Green Bay Packers on the last week. He's a good oh. coach. He is a good coach. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Packers games matter to me. Maybe they don't matter to you because you're dead inside, but they matter to me. Yeah, I mean, you can't hang your hat on one game, bro. I'm hanging it on two. No, you're not. Uh, two. Week one and week 18. The pro- the, the, the difference was nothing. The, the, like, literally the exact same team in 18 weeks apart. That's not true. Okay, they didn't get run on as much in week 18 as they did in week number one. But Jordan Love had just as much success. Probably more in week 18. Yeah, and that's worse. Not good. Hey, man, if you want to live your life based on a Packers game, that's fine. That's why those two weeks are the worst weeks of my life every year. Well, it's because you make them that way. Well, I've made Auburn and LSU and Tennessee virtually irrelevant in my heart. I gotta have one rival. I don't really care about the Vikings or the Lions, really. It might be your rivals once again. Maybe so. Uh, so we're an hour and fifteen in here. Um, a lot of mixed emotions. I do have kind of one big concluding thought on all this or or I guess one more topic I briefly want to touch on um 
I think this Ian Cunningham thing is fascinating. The fact that he is now a, a top two finalist for the Washington job. It's him and Adam Peters from the 49ers. But uh, if Cunningham gets the job, the Bears will get two third-round picks, one this year, one next year, so yay. But more importantly, it will be very interesting to see how this all unfolds because Ian Cunningham has the uh, – he knows all Ryan Poles' secrets. So with Washington having the number two pick in the draft, things could get very, very interesting uh, if he lands that job. I don't see how. I mean, that just makes that just makes Poles' decision easier. Like, pull the fucking trigger. Oh, I know that, but I, I just mean, like, I don't know, the posture. He might not be able to posture as much. Like, I, I really thought going into this, Washington was a team like, okay, yeah, you really might be able to uh, to take everything from them to move down one spot, but I don't know. If there's a guy with all your knowledge sitting there at two, and I don't yeah, know. That's the, that's I think the it thing fucks we talked any to... trade you want to pull. But if you wanted to move down one spot, because we, we talked about this earlier, like I had said, if you're fine with either – quarterback or any two of the three or four or whatever then you could do that but you guys contested that no if you know your guy you take your guy so you can't risk Cunningham being like oh yeah we're going to take Drake Mayer oh yeah we're going to take Caleb Williams and you're fine with the other one and do it because it ain't never going to work Right. So yeah. You no, take, I, you just, you just take your guy and call it a day. I agree. And I think that's where we are uh, heading towards, but I don't know. I just think it's interesting, but good for Ian Cunningham. That'll be a big loss if he uh, does take a job this off season. So we'll for see sure. what happens there. I mean, I think we all kind of, I think we've all, this is, this is another foregone conclusion at the end of last year after he didn't take the Arizona job. Right. And we all were looking forward to it. Right. I mean, everybody wants two third-rounders. Oh, yeah. We don't get comp picks because we spend so much in free agency. Free agency is going to be wild, man. I think there are so many free agents this year, assuming they don't get re-signed, which a lot will, but some won't. We'll sign them. Chase Allen. Chase Young. God damn it. Every time. (laughs) Well... I think uh, I think that's all I got for tonight. But I would love to hear Joe Gaither sing "Bear Down, Chicago Bears" rendition one more time. Uh, oh you, you're gonna have to just you're just gonna have to dial. I'll need to hear him sing it one more time. Why don't you go ahead and sing your Packer song, Joe? Since you've become a Packer fan now, because it ruins your whole week. No, I'm not a Packer. I, I hate them. I, I I hate them to my core. I hope that the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, ruin their lives this weekend. I, I hope so. Mike McCarthy, I usually don't like you, but please ruin those cheeseheads' lives. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And please fire Matt Eberflus tomorrow. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.